a better creature. It's time for the Art and Science Punks, the podcast where we talk about our lives as parents, partners, artists, coaches, and overconfident scientists. As punks, we love to create, to explore, to fail, to learn, to listen to loud music, and to share it all with you. I'm one of your punks, Kate Stenzinger, and with me tonight and every night is my amazing punk partner. Hey, I'm Rob Stenzinger. Hey, baby. Hi. It's how good are you to doing? see you. <laughs> Been so long. <laughs> It's been actually a you know we have our irregular update schedule for the for the podcast, but we actually see each other more frequently than their podcast. <laughs> the podcast, yes, indeed. Yeah. So, is, I mean, is that's kind of like, hey, we're in. Um, was it? Uh, gosh, I forget the terms again. It's the it's the not stay put. It's the shelter in place. Shelter in place. Yeah. Stay home. Yep. Order. I think <clears throat> we have a stay home order. That there you go. Yeah. So tonight we're going to talk a little bit about um, I don't know. I'm going to call it learning from life, <laughs> learning from things that are going on and different experiences, current events and life experience. Yeah, but we're not going to dwell on on all of the. This is not going to be a um, a COVID nineteen update. Um, we're going to talk a little bit though about our experience, just kind of. Um, going through some of the experience, but more what we learn from it. Mm-hmm. If that makes yeah. sense. Well, I mean, it's, it's a bit of a, it's a bit of a check-in. How are we doing? And mm-hmm. we, we hope you are doing as well as you can given the circumstance. Yeah. And acknowledging the situation while also sharing something that, that uh, hopefully is fun and interesting. Right. So I, I know I heard we were going to do more picks than normal. Yeah. We're going to do, we're going to focus on some um, art and some science um, in the back half of this episode. Mm-hmm. So I want to say that um, episode 79 was called The Heart Episode. And that is where we mm-hmm. talked about my experience um, kind of in December, January, and February of the good old 2020 um, of having discovered a heart issue and having to have heart surgery. And I got to tell you, I really kind of thought that was going to be like the biggest thing that happened to me in 2020. <laughs> And here we mm-hmm. are coming up on the end of March, and that is such a distant, distant memory. <laughs> it really is. Yeah, it's wild. Uh, I mean, I'm thankful that, that uh, I mean, your healing process has gone quite well. Yes, it's gone incredibly well. And so well, it's, it's, um, it's odd to remember that that happened so recently compared yeah. to all these other things going on. Yeah, because I can remember I was like counting kind of each each week as things would happen and this more things I could go and do. And I remember going for my first run and um, yeah, now it's just um, I'm incredibly grateful and thankful that I um, have had this, that I had the surgery when I did. Mm-hmm. And then I'm kind of in and out and don't have to be back in um, that hospital situation and that I don't need to be using those resources right now. I'm incredibly grateful for that. Yeah, well, uh, as am I. As so, yeah, it's really wild that in this in this year in this time frame that wasn't very long ago feels like so long ago. And uh, so, what what's uh, what have you been learning lately dealing with the yeah shelter in place stuff? Right. So, what I kind of want to talk about a little bit is we've been home together now, um, you and I, for about two and a half weeks, and the kids have been out of school now for. Um, Um, almost two weeks. Mm -hmm. So 
we've had kind of all of us together. I'm just going to generalize and say for the last two weeks. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, and I guess my first question is, and I can answer it first because I know you kind of started, but um, is what's something that you've learned about yourself kind of having all of us together for this extended period of time? Um, what have I really learned? I mean, there's, I think, I mean, all of us are full of a lot more depth than we typically think about all time, all every day. Right. Yeah. Um, I think, uh, I don't know. I just want to, I think I've done okay when it comes to being a, um, a thoughtful, calm, coordinating resource for the family. And, um, so, so I feel, um, and I don't know what to say, but because it's a different circumstance, this is different than like, oh gosh, there's a lot on the calendar today. This is going to be a hectic day. Let's just be here in the moment and what have you. This is more like, there's a ton of ambiguity and recognizing that the kiddos can have a lot of, um, you know, um, you know, questions and general anxiousness that they don't know necessarily where it's coming from. And I feel like in those situations, I've helped with um, just a, I don't know, trying different things in the moment that overall, they, the, the just being there and the listening and then also looking toward... I don't know what to say. It's not like stopping it or what it's not like I'm saying, Oh, and it's, it's instantly easily redirected. And, <laughs> and they now all the kids are, you know, they, they've learned five instruments or I don't know. It's just more, um, it's like they're showing a kind of thoughtful process on occasion with that too, you know, or yeah. something like that. It's like, and I know that that some of that's coming from me and, and how I model and, and, um, Interact with them. Yeah. Well, you've been very much a very kind of calming force for us, I think. And if I, what I think I'm hearing is you say is maybe your level – you've always been a very adaptable person. Like that's just kind of one of your superpowers is your ability to be adaptable. But I think this maybe is you adapting at a whole new level. And when I say adapting, it's not just you, but you're adapting for all of us. If I could put words in your mouth, that's that's a that's a good way to put it, and it's hard to honestly like because it more or less just sounds like you know ready. Um, maybe if I was uh, like trained at bragging, I don't know, uh, but like it, no, it seems like that that's gone um, gone well, things considered, and and has been useful in this situation to yeah. sort of. Um, who is who am I with? What are they feeling, and um, what what would be good things to try? And not even because I don't even I didn't even want to say like oh what needs to happen and I know what needs to, I don't know what needs to happen. <laughs> I just am like well let's let's figure it out and it's okay to figure it out and no it's okay to not figure it out even for a long time right and. Uh, but but we can be here together and explore and and, uh, and try like for instance, like maybe uh, doing some deep breaths and then trying something or uh, getting or giving a hug and then trying something or um, maybe you know we got off in our meal timing and it's like hey let's take a moment and start doing that and then like get jobs and contributing and 
and uh, sort of getting out of your head kind of thing. Or, yeah. Anyway, all that stuff, and I, I'm just sort of making up examples that are roughly kind of things that have happened. Yeah, absolutely. So I think... How about you? Yeah, I think to me the most interesting learning that I've had um, for myself... Um, and, and I've seen a lot of similar things as to what you're talking about and, you know, really trying to hold space for everybody and what they're feeling, trying to take time to kind of study and, and just kind of be present with everything that's happening. But those are things that I feel like that's just kind of how I am as a parent. Like, yeah. so to me that, that wasn't new. What, what came up for me, um, and has been a little bit more new for me is the, depth at which I have um, the feelings of duality, right? Like mm. the two different feelings at once. Um, the feeling of, and it's not even two feelings. It's like having these intense, intense feelings and having like six of them all at one time mm. where I'm so happy and grateful to have everybody home like to me this is like part of me like this is like dream come true like I get to live out my little fantasy of I'm working from home I'm you know doing some homeschooling with the kids like all these things that I would love to do and just to kind of have us all together all the time Mm. total dream come true but at the same time super stressed out because I now have like two full-time jobs Mm. and you know as you do as well I mean because we're both working with the kids and trying to figure out homework and all of those things. And then, um, at the same time feeling so just deeply sad about what's going on in the world. Mm. Um, and then the other emotion, like, again, these are all like just piled on top of each other, like all at the same time is, um, I have this huge desire, um, ache to know what's going to happen next. And there's just no way to know. Right. And that is really hard for me. And so to kind of swirl all that together and then figure out how to be or what to do. That's really interesting. You're pointing out um, that's uh, what you're describing reminds me of like, I guess that's part of the newness also that I, that I, I didn't really describe, which is my internal circumstance and like my normal tools for just being productive, navigating a day mm. and whatever. I, there's, there's typically on stage, off stage times and whatever. And right. it's like, then I can, or like, um, at times I can turn a hundred percent focus to, to hmm. like, for instance, my projects and business endeavor stuff. And, and it's, that's gone. You know what I mean? That, that just isn't present right now. And that's, um, having that gone and or so radically different and yet being that present mm-hmm. for everyone, it's, it's like, oh, well, at least that's working. Right. That's, I, I, I yeah, it's kind yeah. of a long way to describe it, but it's I'm glad to be able to function well, <laughs> even though well enough, right? And, yeah. And uh, it exists well with that kind of, um, you know, very you know, really big feelings and huge ambiguity. Um, yeah. Although I'm an optimist too, right? So like when I sit with that ambiguity, I'm looking for lots of reasons to believe and that we are moving in a direction overall collectively that's going to somehow... Um, be positive. Be positive as it, as an, as it in, 
as much as it can be, mm-hmm. right? And it, I've, yeah, and I feel like I see enough of those signals too, mixed with lots of other really, really, you know. Okay, next question. Not so happy signals <laughs> <laughs> as far as reading, you know, media and all that stuff. Stop. Okay. Okay, next question. Yeah. <laughs> Because I'm going to get to that one. Okay. That, no, good, that's good. the third right. question. It's on the agenda, and I, I did not mean to skip that. Don't. That's the third question. Okay. So second question. You ready? Yes. Um, what's one area where you want to give yourself more grace or more of a pass? What's one area where you feel like you could hmm. um, be gentler with yourself? I think timeline, because... I want to have more control over my timeline of, of creative output, even now. Mm. And you, that's always a thing for you. It is always a thing for me. But now, but now <laughs> it's got to be like amplified like yeah. 50 times, I'm sure. Sure. It's something like it is. It is. Um, yeah, I still have a variety of things that I'm working on and um, uh, business establishment uh growth and gardening and making <gasps> you products doing a garden no uh, you i metaphor all over the place oh, i shoot i will yeah and that's yeah we have to do a gardening episode yeah that's a good idea sorry for the random non sequitur i wonder if we've yeah we've probably only like nibbled at the edge of that because every may is like a, a bunch of gardening stuff Mm-hmm. For um, for us typically, so yeah, but no gardening and is the, in metaphorically where it's where yeah for a healthy business there's a bunch of things to tend to as far as the 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 background and the administrative stuff, but then networking and marketing and and uh, tending to things that I often get really enamored with the product development and then that's what I'll focus on research design develop and then a build 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 yeah. yeah. And I'm working on that that other stuff to, to yeah. give my projects a better, um, a, you know, better business home. So anyway, yeah, that's the, all that's on my mind, and and um, I really need to give myself a pass that the the timelines for those things. Um, this is a just this is too different of a circumstance to to think what I thought were my constraints apply as much as they did then as now. Yeah, it's so it's so interesting. It's it's almost like those old kind of conversations um, around perspective. You know, like how your perspective just shifts and changes, and um, you know, you really think something is a certain way until you're forced into a new situation. And it's like we talk about this, like mm-hmm. um, how much how much free time we had in our life before children, mm-hmm. and how we didn't think then that we had that much free time. Nope, and still now we, totally didn't. And now we look back and we're like, oh, man, had we only realized. Oh, gosh, I do that. Yes. Yeah. I think, yeah, I was looking at old photos in you know, recent weeks and was like, oh, my gosh, look at that. Just I knew like the, the kind of flow of my, like somehow my daily schedule hit me when I was looking at some oh, photos, some photos. From, our, from our um prior house and stuff um, before we had kids. And yeah, it, that. It's so funny because you, you just fill the time. You, you you fill the space with whatever. Yeah, and absolutely. That's, that's okay. And that's okay if you're doing that, you know, awesome listeners. Oh, absolutely. For some reason, you're listening to this show that we mentioned kids so much, maybe before you have kids. I don't know. That's cool for you. I, I don't know if I would have done that. <laughs> I would have. You would have, yeah. I would have totally. 
I would have incidentally too. Yeah. Um, so I think for me, the area that I need a little more grace is just, again, as I described these very intense and multiple different feelings all at once, I kind of, um, feel like I have to figure it out or solve it right away. And I'm trying to get better at just feeling the feelings Mm. and, oh, it's so hard. It's so hard and just feel them and then, um, be okay with that. And I'm not there yet, but I think I've got some more time to practice. Isn't that that kind of uh, Buddhist style observation, noticing that you're well, it's still, noticing the thing. Yeah, and, but I want to do more than notice. I want to, you know, um, lean into the feelings, mm, hmm. really feel the feelings because that's you know really a, the way to make it through them. Hmm. Right, the only way out is through, um, and not overthinking them. Right. So if you've got big intense emotions going on and you immediately are are going to that cognitive place of trying to think them. Um, think them away or think them through. Um, it doesn't do as much for solving for you than if you just really lean into the feeling or the emotion mm. and feel it and then work through that feeling. And at that point, yes, kind of observe those feelings um, hmm. and work through it that way. But get out of your head, get out of my head, basically. I, I feel like I need to work on that too. We can do that together. Mm-hmm. High fives. Yeah, right on. Psh, psh. Um, <laughs> okay. So I kind of uh, misled everybody at the beginning saying we weren't going to talk at all about COVID because obviously we're going to talk a little bit about it and we're talking about um, sheltering at home. But here is my final question um, in the question and answer part of our conversation this evening. I'm so super formal tonight. I apologize. Mm. This is directed at the uh, yeah podcaster in the second chair. <laughs> um, what does your COVID diet consist of from a media perspective? I don't want to know what you're eating. Okay. Um, yeah, because it's typically the, the eating is maybe a less wasteful meal by, a, a cup, uh, by 10% the night before that often gets reused as lunch. The, the day after. Anyway, that's the common what pattern. What part of I don't want to hear about your food? All right. I, I heard you. I heard you. So You just wanted to talk about it anyway. Yeah. So media diet. Yes. Um, what does your COVID media diet consist of? Are you on it all day? You looking at it all day? You following all the feeds? You getting the alerts? I have I've, I have totally fallen in the well a couple of days, and it would be an all-day thing. And then now I, you know, in... I, I'm trying to um, think about like, well, what question am I trying to answer? And if I'm doing a like a, a Twitter um, scan, I typically will, I, I've got a few things that I tell myself. I'm like, well, this one's going to be just like three scrolls, right? Quick, oh, nice. quick dip in and three scrolls. And a lot of times because the algorithm there, it's overemphasizing the most of the people I've clicked like on before or whatever. And it's okay. It's okay for like a, just a, a nibble. But then if I'm, if I'm really wanting to, uh, sit back and scroll, then it's the deal of if I stumble into, um, sort of a, a wicked bundle of thorny, 
uh, emotions and stuff where people are retweeting not necessarily the best sources or whatever, you know, because it's, I've seen so many intellectual people retweet sources that I know they don't agree with. Um, and they're doing it for, uh, once in, I guess one of the, one of the ironic or shame choices, right. Where it's like, they're not right. And I'm going to tweet this, whatever. And so if I stumble into that, it's just, I consider that like, like I, like I twisted my ankle and I got to go fix it or like, I'm like, <laughs> sure. I got to leave. Like, so if I'm all done, if I'm in, in, in more of a hangout mode with it, then, then something bad happens, then I leave. I don't, don't stay after something bad happens. Okay. That's, that's smart. Um, because that's part of the algorithmic behavior is to, is to get engagement through my intense emotions. And I do not, <laughs> being a UX person, I don't like manipulating people and I do not like being manipulated. And uh, so that helps me. Like I've that I've already had that sense developed, and I'm trying to use that in this situation. So let me let me just make sure I understand what you're saying. So if you are out in social media and you are yeah. finding um, articles that are more clickbait type um, yep. articles or retweets or posts that causes you a f- enough frustration to say I'm not going to continue to down this path I'm not going to watch right. this right because I know that the I know that the app and the platform essentially are that they want you to like feel better by scrolling more scroll more right and then now I'm doing the slot machine thing where it's like oh, yeah. I lose I lose I lose and I get positive reinforcement inconsistently and it's uh that that is um it, I, I, I don't like that, and I notice it, and I'm really uppity about that. So is your diet more social media type, or is it going to sources that you – I, I want to say trust, but that's even mm-hmm. tricky right now. It is. So um, there's uh, – where where do I trust? So where is my media diet? And so I, I mentioned that I, – I, I spent that much time on social media because it is – that like a significant part of the yeah. media diet. Um, but then what I'm hoping to see more or less are some useful things people have made or observations or thoughts or something that they, that people care about or whatever that is adding to their, to their life and how they're dealing with this current situation. And for the most part, I get enough of that where that, that, that approach works. But then when I'm trying to find out what are the current numbers, what, what are the other – and so there's a um, – gosh, I, I'm forgetting the name of the project. But there's a um, sort of a – there's an organization. I think it's called OpenNews.org. And it was like Oh, yeah, you've got that open source by, one. Yeah. Uh, um, and so some folks from that, re- that area of media, right um, – They've created. They created essentially an, an aggregation of of the numbers that are that that it's tracking the the COVID nineteen situation in the U.S. state by state. And so, when I want raw data, raw numbers, I go to that. And then, when I like when I was looking for um, f- some kind of science based way to understand, like, well what do we know now about this virus and how it lives on surfaces or whatever? Oh, yeah, there was been. some interesting stuff there. And so I, I would look toward 
uh, you know, obviously uh, research-based institutions and hospitals like Johns Hopkins, and um, I would uh, I would try the CDC occasionally, but their updates weren't as frequent and as robust as you know uh, I preferred. But then, uh, like, I found a BBC article, but then I found the sources of the articles. So part of it is is being a consumer of news that w- I, I wonder when I find a source, um, what's behind this source? What is their um, value exchange with the audience? Are they doing just whatever they can to get eyeballs and then sell ad uh, impressions or whatever. So oh I think wow, about you go that. you go deep into that. Yeah. Then. So like I, I'll do I'll just do a search based on like well. Um, how does whatever publication make money or who owns this domain? Um, and you can find that like, mm-hmm. so, uh, let's see, uh, do, do, do. So like I, and then some good credible articles typically will have listed sources, like the, who they interviewed and then they'll go to them and then, okay, there was a group in, I forget if it was Colorado or whatever that was doing the, um, the life cycle of the virus on surfaces and stuff study. Right. Mm-hmm. So I was sure. like, oh, okay. So then I went there. Right. So that's, I guess that's my thing is it's like, I'll have a question I'm curious about, or I'll have the general feeling I'm trying to understand, or I want to know just the date, the core stat. And I'll go to different places based on what I want to learn there. If I really want to have a question, I don't go to social media. Interesting. Because, yeah, it's it's more like experiences and takes. Mm-hmm. All right, I, that was really rambly. I was that. Uh, no, that like, was okay. good. That what, was good. What about you? What are you? What's your media diet like? You know, I think it's somewhat similar. Although I don't take nearly as many steps as you do, kind of researching sources. Um, but I will, um, and I have similar to what you said, kind of fallen down the rabbit hole a couple of times. And I think um, again, part of that when I have my anxiety, if I just want to know what's going to happen next. That's where um, I sometimes spend too much time looking for the answer to that, you know, and, Mm. and obviously there's some, you know, people are following what's happened in other countries and, you know, what's happening in your current country and, you know, trying to kind of overlay one experience with the other. And so a lot of people have a lot of opinions on that, what's going to happen next. Um, But, um, yeah, I think it's hard to know what are reputable sources and what are um, what are the important things that we need to know. So you know? what do, what about okay? So wh- how do you find a reputable source? And I'm not trying to put you on it, you know, because uh, I'm I'm assuming you you I mean you have um, uh, you've put together a master's thesis and you know you've you know, created. Yeah. So similar to kind of you. So when I looked at the, the data on, um, how long the virus can live, it was like, okay, you know, it was very new research and it was Mm -hmm. about to be published. So for me, it was like, yes, where, when is it published? Who's peer reviewing it? What's the process this is going through? So I looked at a little bit of that. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I just try to do, you know, um, Things that are more well known. So I, I will go out to the CDC's website, even though mm-hmm. some of that data, you know, they only update it during the. I, week. I didn't mind. Oh, I'm sorry that I casted too much doubt on that. Okay, the, the CDC is a decent source. Yeah, it's a good source. It's just they are only updating the data Monday through Friday, so you mm-hmm. don't get the weekend updates until towards the end of the day on Monday, um, and they're very clear about that on the site. So you know, I, I do still use that as a data source. 
the other thing that I have done, um, which is something I haven't um, done much in, in the past, is in the state that we're in, and we're in Minnesota, is I have watched the governor speak a few times on preparedness and kind of executive orders and different rules and kind of where the state is at. And then also, you know, all of the people that he would bring to his um, kind of um, press releases or whatever, um, you know, so we'd have, you know, people from the Department of Health and people from the Department of Education and, you know, all sorts of different Mm -hmm. people kind of speaking as to what's going on. And I found that to be very helpful kind of on a local level, whereas I don't watch any of that from the national perspective. Um, but I have found that valuable and helpful from a local level. And again, that stuff, what the Department of Education is going to tell me about what the schools are going to do is directly relevant to my life. And so mm-hmm. um, I have found that to be a useful endeavor. But I have gotten to the place where I just need to not look at it all. So obviously your media diet does involve um, funny cats and other things too. Yes, lots know. of funny cats and cute puppies. Mm-hmm. Um, but that, you know, not usually about the virus. Although, you know, there's a lot of funny memes out there with, you know, these are my coworker cats. Um, a lot of, yeah, coworker kiddos with little desks set next to their parents and yeah, stuff. Yeah, some, yeah. some great stuff to see and some funny things to see there. Yep. I also have a really great team, and we share funny things back and forth just to kind of add some um, levity to the situation, some mm. some joy to the situation as well. So we'll share, you know, funny memes or cute pictures. And, yeah, I mean, a lot of my um, my independent work is quite independent, so I don't really have a team, but, like, um, I am, uh, you know, friends and acquaintance to lots of different artists because of my my different pro- past projects and podcasts and all that stuff. And uh, so I get looped into conversations now and then. I'm a, I'm a part of a few different um, Slack groups and Discord groups and whatnot. There is, of course, there is a Lean Into Art, which is a, another podcast I do, leanintoart.com with Jersey Drozd. And it's, um, if you're, well, okay, fine. If you're not familiar with that podcast, it, it's... It, it's very much a, a couple of people who make stories and interactive experiences who um, find a lot of things to learn within what we're uh, what we're making, and we both like to teach the you know different aspects of the creative process, storytelling, and making comics and all that kind of stuff. So, all kinds of topics come out on Lean Into Art, like over three hundred episodes. Check it out, leanintoart.com. And uh, I mean, so yeah, there's there's just uh, I get um, okay, so there's a Discord for that. And if you go to Leanatart, you can find a link to the Discord and um, and join in on the public parts of it. Um, only patrons get access to the other channels, whatever. But anyway, yeah, a little mini commercial there. Um, I so being part of a few different Discords and all that, it's a more intimate way to do some socializing. That's, Funny cats. Yeah, and and also people are are yeah sharing their yeah uh funny fun resources, useful things, the games they're playing, um the great articles they read, yeah yeah, good gifts, that kind of stuff. So across That's these awesome. different yeah, these yeah. different sources and places um um it's it's nice. And those are like a lower pressure Twitter too, right? Where yeah, it's social. Yes, it's I don't know, 
a lot like that kind of a mechanism, but it's so fewer people. Well, and it's a little more curated, so it's people with similar interests or common mm-hmm. interests, too. So that can be super great. Well, I think kind of our overall message is, you know, um, be good to yourself. Grant yourself some some space and some grace through these periods, through this time. Don't overindulge in the media. Um, you know, make sure you're thinking about your sources. I will say one thing that I did share with my team is I, mm-hmm. I really pushed my team. I'm like, don't be forwarding on and retweeting and sharing things that you haven't validated are accurate. Mm. You know, don't just forward on the thing that you see. Um, and that's something that I do really feel strongly about. Kind of like you said, how you look really deeply into the sources and, and you know, who's kind of promoting this message. Yeah, I, I rarely retreat or share something unless I have done that kind of research because I want to make sure that the things that I'm sharing are accurate and that can be really hard right now and especially with we're still learning so much i'm gonna add one more on top of that nice do it even if i see something that makes me laugh that is overwhelmingly in its own unit of content positive i look at who originated it and i look at other things in their feed and i look at all I, I basically vet like like that that sort of oh sure the the artist if, or the writer and if essentially they are um, uh, this is their one positive thing <laughs> to get good algorithmic um, whatever or they had a good you know few minutes one day and they put together a happy thing um, or or they found something that the dodo created or curated or whatever and they reshared it. And I think it's fantastic. I will not like it. I will not retweet it. I mean, I'll look at it and I'll I'll laugh. And mm-hmm. then that's where it ends. Sometimes I'll go back to the source material and then I'll share that. Gotcha. Yeah. If okay. that happens. So that. It's, that's a great approach. Um, but even considering the accounts that are originating the content, I think is important. Oh, I totally agree. All right. Well, I think that's kind of a good little update about how we're doing here. We're um, getting through, getting by. Um, we will probably have more than one podcast topic on this topic before um, we're through the global pandemic here. Yeah. I mean, it would it would seem a little bit um, willfully avoidant to not acknowledge what's going on, right? Yeah. So. That's where, um, like, even on my other podcast, um, we did a, um, we've glanced around the topic a little bit, even though we're, we're just, we're trying to provide things that are purposefully, like, um, I, you know, I don't know what, I never heard of this, but, like, functional yet escapist, right? Where you just get to dive into the creative stuff and not worry about the this other stuff going on in the world, um, but even there, we shared a special episode of our um, patron podcast. Nice, totally went into this kind of stuff, not this style, but but acknowledged in far more embracing of the topic. So anyway, yeah, we'll see what kind of ways that we tackle this in you know uh, coming episodes. Yeah. Um, so I think we should jump into picks. We've got um, extended picks this evening. Sounds awesome. Yeah. So I mean, we do picks. I don't like, like we're we're just we celebrate art and science, and there are so many awesome resources out there. Then that and in a way, like this is like your really 
occasional tiny curated feed of like, this is something cool to really appreciate um, and, and uh, share in that passion for um, making stuff, being creative, and also um, uh, appreciating and celebrating the, that science is amazing. And absolutely. Yeah. Gives us and so sometimes just to listen to, to me talk about science that I only partially understand and how it entertains me. And that's cool. That's awesome. I know. I, that's because what I'm saying. We don't have to be the um, the experts in the field to to cheer those experts on and appreciate their work. Heck yeah. Yeah, and even um, dabble occasionally. So, do you got some picks? I do. Awesome. Jump in. Let's see what you got tonight. All right. I have picks that can be rationalized as either art or science. Oh, fantastic. I hope they don't I hope you didn't pick my picks. Ooh. Well, probably not. So I think I'm going to start with Now I'm just gonna say you did no matter what. No, you didn't. There's no way. <laughs> uh, you should write it down. What you think I'm gonna say. No. No, right. go. Okay. Um all right, my first one is uh, Quarantine Book Club. So quarantinebookclub.com is a, um, it's a really interesting uh, project that popped up because of this, this, this pandemic and a couple of um, business partner, partners and, and you know, creative or, um, designers and um, professionals in the field of, of uh, research and design and UX um, that, um, let's see, Erica Hall and Mike Montero, they have this company called Mule, and they do a lot of teaching in this area right now. And suddenly, well, hey, there's no travel, there's no gatherings and all that kind of stuff. And all of a sudden, I just wish, I want to know, I, I, I would like to, I should send out a note. And, and if, I don't know, if, I, I would like, I'd like to understand, like, what meeting did they have where, you know what I mean? Like, they sat around and they thought, what could we do? And like, what was that design process like? Oh, sure. That'd the, be really interesting to know about. They should do one of their um, book clubs on that. That would be cool. Yeah, you should you should send that in as a suggestion. Oh, that's a good idea. I also think they should have uh, Anne uh, Drozd and Jersey Drozd on there to talk about rockets. Um, You've got a couple suggestions to send I their know. way then. So, yeah, Quarantine Book Club is basically a um, a conference call over Zoom that um, it's an informal event. This is really interesting. It's not recorded. It just drives you crazy, doesn't it? What? No, I'm cool with that. So you're cool with it? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm great with being in the moment. Um, oh, absolutely. I know you're you're totally very, very present person. You just like to have things recorded. Well, I do have like for the three call three quarantine book book club events I attended, I do have a big stack of notes. So, yes, that's. I mean, it's kind of funny. I mean, I guess I do generate a lot of data as in in some context to be present, um, where I'm just sort of trying to feel out like what are some of the things I'm really getting from this conversation, and then you know maybe potentially ask useful questions here and there. Um, although in these ca- cases, I just, um, I attended and I really enjoyed, um, I enjoyed being there because what, what happens is, so Erica Hall and or Mike Montero, in a couple of cases, they were the author, right? What a handy that's, scrappy. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. So, so like one of them is interviewing the other about their book and then there's a bunch of people there that they open up 
the call to get questions from and stuff. And it's just a well-facilitated, you know, interesting thing to, to be part of. And, and if you have an hour at some point in one of these days, I recommend checking out their, their upcoming schedule and, uh, and giving it a try. They do, um, like each event costs five bucks or free. So, um, there's, I think their offer code is all are welcome, but then it's typically listed in each event. And, um, uh, yeah, it's 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 really worth checking out. That's so. great. That's a really good one. That's a good pick too. Very timely. Yeah, and so what I got. Do you know out how far was, out they're scheduling? Like, are they going to do another couple weeks of this? Or? I, I think they're feeling it out because I mean, they sort of made the call to launch this thing really early when it was suggested in there where they live, which is San Francisco, California. Um, very public, well-stated thing. That's not creepy to mention. Um. <clears throat> because that's where mule design is based. And then all of a sudden, like that hap- that California was, was recommending to, or, or San Francisco somewhere was recommending to, to start to, you know, socially distance. Mm-hmm. And, and then boom, they launched this thing and they started inviting the authors that they know, which they have a pretty big network. Of oh, authors sure. They yeah. Know, and now it's spreading. Right. So I don't like their schedule is growing. That's all awesome. the time, and uh, yeah, it's worth it's worth checking out and tuning tuning into because honestly, uh, you know, uh, both Erica Hall and Mike Montero, they're good interviewers. They ask great questions, and and it's neat to to um, you know, like any topic. Uh, I, I think you get a lot of, a lot out of, and especially if you're in the situation of you just want to be a part uh, a part adjacent to something that's really intellectual and stimulating and live and now, you know. Um, that's great. That's the thing that, that, that I feel like I, I like why I benefited so much from just going to three of these so far. That's wonderful. So, okay. Yeah. That's all I have on that pick. Sorry. I just, I kept, you got excited. I kept, I got excited and I wanted to like really dig to that. And I think we found it. Okay. Good. Okay. Good, good, good. All right. So So you have a pick. I do. I do. And I'll have to shorten my picks because. Nah. So just I have two. I have I do. I've got some picks. So the first one, um, again, because I I love all of the fun work that NASA is doing. So I've got actually I have a couple of space picks tonight. Ooh, that's which fits into the science category. Mm-hmm. Um. So the first one is is that um, so NASA, as I'm sure a lot of people have heard, is are sending um, the Mars 2020 rover to. Guess where they're sending it? Jupiter. No. <laughs> Rats. Mars. So they're sending the Mars 2020 rover to Mars. Guess when they're sending it? What year? Okay. <laughs> All right. So you get it. Um, but they're not sending it until um, sometime in in late summer. So July, August, sometime they're gonna they're gonna launch this puppy. And again, right now, who knows? Because lots of time people's schedules are changing right now but that's kind of the original plan but what i love is that the mars rover is headed to mars and it's got um it's got four main tasks this time around um and it's just really cool because the whole purpose is looking for ways to build um like to to put people on mars to live Hmm. is really kind of what is kind of the underlying so looking for habitability so looking for plants, bacteria, anything that is living already on Mars. So that's one thing that the, Mar- the rover is going to do. Um, 
another will be looking for that that kind of the biosignatures. So if there was life or is life, so just trying to, to, to figure out if there was in the past life, um, how did how did it survive? Um, and then caching samples, they're just going to take a bunch of soil samples and, and store them on Mars. I guess for when we all move there, we'll have some original soil samples before we get there and pollute. Um, actually, I don't know if that's a real reason, but that's the theory. That's that's my I, scientific theory. Because can you I throw me. two cents? I th- no, think this is my turn. Oh, I'm kidding. Of course, you can. I think I heard something mentioned on the. Um, the uh, oh gosh Neil Neil deGrasse Tyson's podcast um, I can't remember science anyway yeah anyway it's um, I think it has to do with either how that project was funded and or they're going to literally get those um, samples launched up to a like an orbiting satellite to, oh. that then could get picked up by something else that visits or what have you. So it's oh, almost like a like a a sequence of events to get those samples back to Earth. Well, what's really interesting is what I have Star Talk. Oh. There you go, Neil's podcast Star Talk. Um, but what I have read about this particular one is samples to actually store to to collect and store on Mars. Oh, so these are not ones to send back. Okay. At least what I what I was reading about, but I'm sure both things will happen. Um, and then you know the fourth kind of goal is preparing Mars for you, honey. What? Well, okay, preparing Mars for humans, and that includes you. Like you fit in that category, so it does include me. It does include so, you. Yay! So again, I'm I'm really excited, but. Um, the, the rover will launch, again, sometime in July or August, um, and it won't land until February of 21. Yeah, that's a long trip. It's a long ways. It's a long ways to get to Mars. Yep. It's uh, easy to underappreciate that. All right, so that's my first pick. Cool. Okay, so I'm, kind of, I'm super excited about what's happening on Mars, or what's going to happen on Mars. <laughs> Although I don't want to move there. No, I don't want to move there either. And I assume you're not asking me to move there. So No. I, I'm just, that's just, you know. Your correct assumption. All right. Me being an optimist. What do you got so, for your next pick? Um, my next pick is um, it's a really neat resource to, to explore and play around with coding. And it's a website called codepen.com. So, yeah, if you go to... Uh, for instance, or no, codepen.io, sorry. Codepen. Yeah, so codepen.io, in, for instance, if you go to slash Rob Stenzinger, uh, you'll see <laughs> that I have a profile there. And it's a little bit of like a social network for code snippets that are web-friendly things, right? So you can play around with a little bit of HTML, a little bit of CSS, a little bit of JavaScript. Oh, fun. And you could emphasize any one of those or do things that are uh, playful among all three. And it's a, it's a whole community where you can see they, they, they do some curated featuring of, of um, um, interesting things that people have built. I'm currently um, doing something that's related to something that was my pick last week, which is the lean into our two minute practices where it's like um, a little bit of a prompt to say like almost like rolling three dice or th- rolling uh, a six sider three times. 
and uh, and then that's a drawing prompt. And anyway, so I'm I'm just playing with that. So it's neat. Like oh you you know let's say you want to do some coding. A lot of times in order to make something of that that takes a little bit of a um, an application to run the code, an application to edit the code and all that kind of stuff. And this is all, all one stop. So yeah, go to codepen.io. I know they have a free account where you can, you can play and, and, and do different things and you can just explore the neat stuff that people are making out there. That's so really cool. You're curious to play and get into, um, especially some like creative coding. I think it's an awesome tool. So you just, you can write your code and then publish it. And, yeah. then it, and then both the code and kind of the, the output is both there for everyone to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's really neat. And so if I wanted to go out there, can I like search and say like I'm looking for, I'm making this up, like a JavaScript um, code sample of, I don't know, something. That a blinky tag or something that would. Plays music. Sure. Yes. Um, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, you do do a search and it's almost like. I mean, it's a, it's a kind of a social network for um, interesting code examples or things that are people people are playing with as they're they're and so it's a nice little con- encapsulated space to prototype. Like, so if you're working on a bigger project and you're an experienced coder, you can just go figure out one small problem here and not have to worry about all the other stuff in your project and just focus on just a given thing you're trying to figure out. That's awesome. Yeah. So yeah, codepen.io. Slash Rob Stenzinger. (laughs) So I picked myself. Nice. I like to pick myself. Nice picking yourself. I love that. Okay. I'm kind of excited about my last pick. Uh Uh-oh. What's your last pick? It's another science thing. It's another space thing. Science and space. Good, good. How do you, how do you, um, pronounce the name of that planet? Uranus. <laughs> you, what? I say Uranus like 10 times a day. <laughs> I didn't know you had that deep voice when you said it. Hmm. Hmm. Uranus. All right. So the planet. That good to me. The, pla- <laughs> the planet Uranus or Uranus is the way I was taught it as a small child growing up. <clears throat> well, yeah, that it's a limit. Yeah, it's lots a, of Snickers. Bottomless, bottomless glass of joke. It really is, yeah. and this is going to be good. Uh-oh. So, just a couple days ago, we figured we figured a few things out. So, back in 1986, like way the heck back, Voyager Two was flying past Uranus, and <laughs> <laughs> see, this is going to be so good. <laughs> and it. Um, <laughs> and and it took some pictures and did a bunch of recordings, right? That's what Voyager 2 is out there supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And there was a little um, kind of magnetic wave they kind of talked about that happened when it went past. And they just recently re-looked at all of this data and at all of the images and at all of the information that came back. And they figured out that Uranus has... At that point in time, when when Voyager two was flying past, had ejected a giant plasma bubble, hmm. like part of its atmosphere, like and it just so it this planet's got all sorts of crazy things. It rotates kind of in a weird way off of its axis. It got like tipped on its side, um, and so hmm. um, there's all these you know there's all this information now about this giant plasma bubble that. 
um, was kind of was kind of ejected, and um, it, oh, they called it a magnetic hiccup, um, and realized that it it really it was a mass of electricity, and and gas that was the a width of ten times the Earth's circumference. So this is a giant magnetic gas. Um, hmm. So it, the ginormous bubble, and there's these beautiful pictures, and I don't know how they kind of came up with these pictures. I'm sure they're they're rendered things, but there's these beautiful pictures of this like very um, blue um, slime, you know, like when kids make slime, hmm. slime looking blue bubble. Um, but here's my favorite part of it. So some people were worried, like, is Uranus going to um, lose all its atmosphere? Mm. If it was, go ahead, go ahead. You, you got a pained look. Do you remember Olestra potato chips? <laughs> anyway, <laughs> keep moving on. So people are really worried about this. And so they asked this researcher, now let me just preface this because we talked so much about having good sources. Yeah. For some reason, there's and several articles are citing. They went to a scientist in North Carolina who has absolutely nothing to do with the NASA research and said, ooh, hey, sir, do you think um, that you know this planet that is mostly a gaseous, gaseous planet is going to like keep expelling these big giant gas bubbles and eventually kind of lose itself, right? Just kind mm. of disappear. And the dude says, no, even with moderate gassiness, it's likely that Uranus will be able to hold on to most of its atmosphere for the remainder of the solar system's life says this North Carolina State University ge uh, planetary geologist. And then he says, <laughs> Uranus just has that much gas. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. And so <clears throat> this came across my feed in many, many ways. And there are multiple articles out there on, there, out there on this. And I think it's very um, interesting but also really flippant hysterical because inside I'm really just like a – still a teenager at heart mm. giggling in science class so that's a that's a pretty like positive spirited teenagers to, to to giggle at that kind of stuff i mean well as opposed to being like well that isn't the cure i'm too moody uranus just has that much gas <laughs> i just had to say it again your butt planet jokes don't make me smirk <laughs> all right so that mm. is um, so. That is my second that's science a heck of a pick. pick. Is, wow. Yes, so there's some new data coming out from Voyager 2 back in 1986, just this week, and um, mm. we're learning a lot, and it's um, made me laugh, like until mm -hmm. tears rolled out of my eyes when I was reading these different mm. um, stories about the giant gas bubble that came out <laughs> of Uranus. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. This is the delightful. Uh, um, okay. Well, honestly, that what could we do beyond this? So <laughs> I think that's it. I suppose that wraps us up for today. Thank you for listening and for being a part of our art and science punks community. Also, there are more ways to connect with Kate and I. Find our workshops and coaching information at mycoachkate.com or robcoach.me. Art and Science Punks can be found on both Twitter and Instagram. And I can be found on Instagram and Twitter as Kate Stenson. And I can feed... I can feed... 
I can be found on both as Bob Stenzinger. Keep building and making and sharing. Very nice. The NASA article refers to it repeatedly as the icy cold Uranus. <laughs> Why? So they found their way into the humor. Oh my god. This that all is very tongue in cheek. I mean, other than it's real. Uh, they found one more secret. <laughs> they they kind of lost their opportunity on that one. Um, the mysterious seventh planet, icy cold Uranus. <laughs> wow. That's uh. Okay, time to wrap this thing up. Be safe, everybody.